Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. Fantastic victory for Cork over Armagh in the All-Ireland Ladies Football Quarterfinal. We have all the reaction. We'll hear from boss Shane Renane and player Maura O'Callaghan. We're also going to hear from Kieran O'Shea, the Cork under-16 boss, ahead of their All-Ireland final clash with Cavan tomorrow. The County Hurling Championship was launched during the week. We'll hear from the Bars and Father O'Neill this evening. Cork City faced Slugger Rovers tonight. Cullum was in uh, Bishopstown and was speaking to the camp during the week. Moss Finn looks back at Ireland's loss in the under-20 final last night and of course it's All-Ireland Football semi-finals weekend and you know what? Monaghan are putting it up to the dubs. All of that between here and seven. You're listening to The Big Red Bench with Sure 72-hour non-stop protection here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. And like I said, a good bit to get through. Fantastic result for Cork against Armagh. And you know what? What better place to start? They've beaten Armagh by two points in the All-Ireland Ladies Senior Football Championship quarterfinal. Ashling O'Reilly was at the, Gaelic, at the Athletic Grounds. It's full time here at the Athletic Grounds in the All-Ireland Ladies quarterfinal and it's Cork who progress. It finished Armagh 2-6, Cork 14 points. A big blow for Armagh ahead of the game with their star player Amy Mackin out of action due to injury. It was level at five points apiece at the break. The conditions did start to worsen here with heavy rain and wind. Armagh got two goals early in the second half by Neve Coleman and the second by Blaheen Mackin, who buried it to the back of the net to give the Orchard County the lead by one. With 15 minutes to go, one of Cork's best players, Darren O'Sullivan, picked up a yellow card for persistent fouling, which saw her sideline for 10 minutes. Blaheen Mackin had a massive goal-scoring opportunity with six minutes to go. She kicked it straight at the keeper, Maeve O'Sullivan, and was easily saved. Hannah Looney impressive from midfield for Cork and also Kira O'Sullivan with a player of the match performance showing all that experience keeping the scoreboard kicking over for the Rebel County. Cork will play either Donegal or Dublin in the semi-final. It finished Cork 14 points, Armagh 2-6. Yeah, excellent victory and it was a bit nervy there towards the end, all right, but Cork just about getting the job done and deservedly. So Rory Noonan made the trip up to Armagh, he was in the athletic grounds and he was speaking to Mara O'Callaghan afterwards. As you expected, a great game to come through on top. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was a seriously tough game. It was one we really had to grind out. Um, so we're just really happy we came out the right side of the result. I mean, we'll have to watch it back and learn from it as much as we can. But look, the most important thing is is that we got the result we wanted. I suppose that you went out this time last year. Was that maybe in the back of your mind how you let yourselves down maybe a bit against Mayo and were determined to drive on this year? I feel like it definitely was in the back of some of our minds, and I don't think anyone was really talking about it. But because we didn't want to acknowledge it I suppose but I'd say it definitely was kind of looming in the back of some of our minds anyway that we just didn't want to disappoint ourselves and come out of the championship so early looking, looking at the match they got two second half goals they looked like the momentum was swinging your way you went down to 14 but really it didn't seem to body you just kept going and going and going great great from the I suppose experience from the likes of yourself that led that uh, yeah we're really happy I suppose we responded to their two goals in the second half um, you know I don't like I suppose at times before we may have 
you know, got a bit stressed and gone hiding and stuff, but we all were just really conscious to respond in the right way and um, just keep the scoreboard ticking as much as possible so that we could stay in it at that point. I know that everybody you now looking forward to that semi-final in two weeks' time, doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, absolutely looking forward to now and we have the luxury of watching the match tomorrow and like knowing that our case is secure anyway. <laughs> Excellent stuff, Marna Callahan there speaking to Rory Noonan of the Echo, of course, after their win. And it's all level in Croke Park after 33 minutes. It's Dublin, seven points. Monaghan, seven points. And I tell you, Monaghan have had so many chances. They they should have one goal scored at least. Rory Began has just put over a 45 to level the scores up there. Um, but Monaghan have had a lot of the play. And I'm just going off of what way the weather is like at the moment in Cork and Kerry uh, I'm presuming there's a fairly big wind blowing into the Hill 16 end up there um, so you know Dublin very much could come out in the second half and uh, blitz Monaghan aside so you'd be open Monaghan they'd, they'd need to go in in front wouldn't they at half time if they do have a wind at their backs and uh, yeah, they, they'll regret some of the goal chances they've left behind them uh, continuing on with Cork's victory over Armagh Rory also spoke to Rory Noonan that is spoke to Shane Renan both conditions out there at times uh, probably didn't play up to where we, we, where we thought we'd play today but I think that some of that's down to Armagh as well I thought they were, they were excellent like, especially when they were not having any knocking out there you know what a blow that would have been but, um, but we're, uh, look, we're delighted with the win because you know we played a great game last year against Mayo um, wonderful respect to the football and lost it we won ugly today I suppose that's sometimes what you've got to do at this stage of the season it's just about winning so we're, we're, we're delighted to get out of here it was a, a tough first half five points apiece ebbed and flowed game was wide open some great football at times. Yeah, look, it was, and we were like supposed to. We, we are used to the ball. We've been disappointed in the first half. You know, we gave away a city ball, and we, you know, our turnovers were, were high, high, very high in the first half. But look, we said at halftime, look, we 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 was made a promise that we couldn't go down the road beaten because we said, you know, we, we felt we had a bigger performance in the second. In fairness, the second half, even when like we went down, when Durham went off there, you know, I thought we played very well at the 14, controlled the game, and the subs made a huge difference. Again, we've been talking about all year. I think you know, Katie Quirk came on, was brilliant. Like she, she's been able to do nothing there really for the last three or four weeks with a bad calf injury Ethan Healy hasn't played a lot of football young kid the man played very well and you know so look, we're, we're delighted with them because look it's just about winning at this stage and this time last year we were knocked out you know by a couple of points so we know how we know how I'm at we're just delighted we won it because we need, we need look we need to be better again next day but look at this stage it's just about winning taking back to the third quarter you got two fabulous scores in the first two minutes but then the concession of the goal moments there you got three points and then the second concession of the goal yeah it was, it was strange twice we went two points up in the second half and each time they went down the field maybe nearly on the next kick out like, so that's disappointing but like um, look that's something we've got to work on you know uh, I suppose look, look in, in hindsight like they, were, uh, they weren't I suppose they were spectacular goals they were little balls with ricochets here and there and, and, and they, they, they ended up in the net and that was going to happen today we spoke about that this morning because of the conditions I suppose then if we didn't take our couple of half goal chances like we had a right good one at the end you know I actually thought we were going to lose it because I suppose we had a bad miss they were going up the other end of the field and they could have got a goal and a couple of going gliding the ball and look we dug it out and I'm delighted with that there's a lot of young players out there who haven't a lot of experience and they really dug it out today there was a big big journey as well today a lot of this team wouldn't have travelled at this far up the country from, from your own point of view before yeah look that again like you know you were staying overnight first time ever having to do that before again we did it after the Galway game but that was I suppose after the match and you know so it was strange for them and you know a big, big journey you know um, it's just you know going up the country some of them had never, never been up this side before I suppose. but look 
we're delighted with it. Like, we've got an absolutely special thrill for Kira. She's had a terrible two weeks. Um, you know, uh, and look, the, things were, the wrongs were righted last Monday night. In fairness to the disciplinary system in the LGFA, hats off to it. And there she put in and played the match performance. So absolutely thrill for it. Looking forward now, going to Simple Stadium, something I suppose a ladies' football wouldn't be known for, for a semi final against Erdogan Donegal or Dublin, something I'm sure you're going to be looking forward to. Yeah, I look, delighted. Look, Simple Stadium is a fantastic stadium. You know, we were in there a few times when I was involved with Tip. Um, actually, played, played, played with Cork there when I was with him and got rest of him in, in 15. We played Mead there. Fantastic venue. Look, it's only up the road for so it, it's fantastic. You know, and look whether it's Donegal or Dublin, they're going to have to come down into, down into Munster to play. So, look, we're delighted with that. We're really looking forward to that two weeks' time. Look, we'll, we'll settle down, we'll check the bodies and see how we are, and look, we'll be ready for two weeks' time. You, you mentioned there, um, Shane, your, um, the, the young players, not the young squad overall, but really in the last 10 minutes there, it was the Kira, Morrow, Callan, Sean Kelly, those experienced heads, they carried them through there. Yeah, look, they did. They, they, got, they were very determined, they were very vocal at half time. I suppose they have a lot of work put in. Kira's probably you know, could be playing her last year. Uh, you know, Sean Kelly's a lot of football played. Like, she, like this time last year, she wasn't on the team, you know, but she's battled back and she's holding her own there. She was excellent, great tries up the field. I don't Mara played a captain's part there the last while, especially when things weren't going away and I think look I think that's what happens in a day like today people dug in they put their bodies in the line you know and I think look we responded when things were going against us and I couldn't delight with that Roy and obviously look, looking at the match yourself you mentioned Katie Quirk there as you said you know she'd been injured she came on she got two vital scores here and which I suppose also from the fact that you were down to 14 at the time they were big big scores at that stage absolutely look I suppose we got a bit of, we got a practice a bit the last and we were down to 13 I suppose so and it's the first time all year it's happened to us so look they really kind of dug in there they knew how to, what to do I think they controlled the football for a lot of that time you know I, you know, I probably I probably had one shot maybe in that, that space of time so look we're delighted with that and look look we, do, we know we've got to be better but I suppose look you know, as I said we, we, we lost a brilliant game last year we won an ugly one today so we're quite happy now going down the road it'll be a short journey home Excellent stuff there Shane Renane speaking to Rory Noonan of the Echo big thanks to Rory who made the trip up to Armagh to see Cork defeat Armagh by two points and booked their place in the last four of the All-Ireland Championship. Earlier on, a last gas point from substitute Shauna Howley saw Mayo beat Neighbours Galway 10 points to 1-6 at Pierce Stadium and this evening truly hosts a repeat of last year's final with Kerry up against Meath from half past seven and a big crowd expected for that one as well at Austin Stack Park. Um, in the curtain razor of course at Croke Park it is half time at the moment it's 7 points apiece between Dublin and Monarch sorry 8-7 to Dublin uh, free just gone over the bar before the half time whistle went but in the curtain razor Meath beat down 2-13 to 14 points in the Talchin Cup final Culmore Rourke's side are therefore the first team confirmed to compete in next year's Sam Maguire competition or the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship as it's also known uh, in tennis Marketa Vondrusova made history at Wimbledon becoming the first unseeded women's player to win the singles title. She stunned today's favourite and last year's runners-up Anz Jabor with a straight-set victory triumphing 6-4, 6-4 in centre court. It's her first ever Grand Slam title after being beaten in the French Open final in 2019. Uh, Jabor, meanwhile, was attempting to become the first African or Arab woman to lift a major singles trophy. In golf, Rory McIlroy's one-shot lead of the chasing pack after three rounds of the Scottish Open. The world's number three is 13 under par with Tom Kim in second and 12 under. Shane Lowry is 10 under par and in a tie for fifth while Project Harrington is back in seven under. Tommy Kibben goes into the final day in five under par considering that's the warm up for the Open next weekend in Liverpool. Uh, it's going quite well for the Irish guys there. You know, um, Project Harrington had a fantastic Friday 
um, as did Shane Lowry and uh, Rory McIlroy steady as ever and uh, I, yeah, I, do you know what? I wonder, would he be better off not winning the Scottish Open? Would it be better off for him not to, to have a better chance of winning the Open next week? Um, but it's uh, a good uh, good warm-up for them at the Renaissance Club in Scotland. And, uh, of course, then this evening, Cork City are away to Sligo Rovers. As I said, we will have... Um, we will have the Cork City manager, Liam Buckley, later on speaking to Cullum. Um, we're also going to hear from Moss Finn later on the news of uh, the granting of permission for for Munster versus the Crusaders in that clash of champions at Parky Cueve. So that's big news as well. All right. Um, ahead of Cork's All-Ireland Under-16 final clash with Cavan tomorrow. John McCarthy has been speaking with manager Kieran O'Shea and of course we'll have live, up, live updates on the At Big Red Bench Tourer account tomorrow and we'll have the reaction here on the Big Red Bench. Now joining us on the Big Red Bench, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the Cork LGFA Under-16 manager Kieran O'Shea following his and his county's fantastic All-Ireland Under-16 ladies football semi-final win over Dublin, 113-35 in Care uh, last week. Uh, Kieran, first of all, you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench. Congratulations. Um, it sounded, uh, following it on Twitter and social media and reading about it, it sounded like a hugely exciting game, but you must be incredibly proud of the entire panel to reach an All-Ireland final. Hi, Joe. Uh, yeah, um, it was a very exciting game. Um, I'm very, very proud of the girls. To, you know, I suppose on the night, we, we just wanted to put in a performance. It's been a long layoff uh, from the month to final. So, you know, that can be sometimes can go with you or without you. So, you know, it was, it was, it was, we're just glad to get the game over now. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had a few championships or chance games, you know, over the last six or eight weeks, but there's nothing like a championship game to get you back in track, you know? Absolutely. And I suppose that's one of the things about the under-16 grade. There is that big gap between the provincial championship and then the All-Ireland semi-finals. Did you learn as much from those challenge games as you did from the training sessions and the lead-up to the Dublin game? Well, the, the challenge games are they're always good because you're playing, I suppose, different players and, and different things happen in the pitch and you can work on stuff. So from that point of view, it's very good. But, you know, it's it's not the same as championship. I mean, you're playing uh, knockout 15v15 over 60 minutes. It's it's completely different to the challenge games you're playing. So, um, you know, uh, the big layoff, sometimes it can go with your, you know, if you've got injuries and stuff, you get girls back and stuff, players back. But, um, you know, playing champion matches there's nothing like it getting you set up for, you know, into our Ireland finals, you know. And we, we definitely got a good test there last night. You did, as you always do against Dublin at any underage level in the LGFA. I mean, that's the thing I was going to say to you, Kieran. I mean, you got off to a very, very positive start. But this Dublin team, they just kept coming back like they do over the last couple of years. I've been watching them at underage LGFA level, kept coming back, kept getting scores. But I would I would describe your panel as a resilient one because even though they got a penalty late on, um, you know... Uh, Cork had that fine he still dug deep he had that late surge again to get over the line you must have been particularly pleased I suppose the fact that one it's a very resilient group that you're looking after all year but also that they don't seem to panic they just they stick to the process and they play right to the end Yeah in, in fairness like you know it, it was a very we didn't we knew it was but we were going to get a huge uh, game off Dublin we, we didn't under, underestimate him in one bit like and you know there was no complacency in our part um, we knew it was going to be a battle. Uh, the weather conditions, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, we've had a 
really good spell of dry weather and you know the, unfortunately that night um, we were it was a, the conditions were very poor and so you know we knew the game would be different we knew it would be very scrappy um, but I knew the girls had the plenty of fight in them um, but yeah we look we had a few setbacks uh, in the game with two penalties two um, sin bins as well but in fairness they, they actually rose to they rose to the challenge when it came you know um, and uh, we had you know we have a very good squad of 30 players and girls that came in that they, they made a huge difference as well so we're delighted with the performance Yeah I was going to mention the two sin biddings because you know sometimes when that occurs teams can you know lose their shape lose their concentration and things things that you haven't planned for like that can go against you whatever about the number of penalties you concede you must have been particularly happy I would imagine even though you had the late sin biddings um, that you were able to recover from them and stay in the game Yes uh, it was I suppose at the time, you know, you're 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 trying to react quickly, um, but we were we were trying to stay as calm as we could on sideline and you know make the right calls and you know uh, thankfully they went for us um, last night, but um, yeah, there were there were uh, there were there were two tough calls, you know, um, and you know you're always under pressure then, um, especially playing a team with the quality of Dublin, you know. Absolutely, but um, we have to mention Ava O'Donovan eight points on the night, Karen. That's a fantastic return in such a in such a high profile game. She's a really talented player, but it wasn't a one person show because it was a good spread of scores again in the semi final for you, and that's been a hallmark of all your games this year. How happy were you with Ava's performance individually, but also the fact that you weren't over aligned to one player that other players chipped in as well? Yeah, look, um, there's this this group. There's there's a. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of the underage girls coming through and I, this group in particular, the, the forwards that we have, they're outstanding. Um, you know, a lot of them can kick both feet. Um, like Ava's a, a very good player. Um, but we have talented players all over the pitch and, you know, I suppose we've been kind of driving home all year that, you know, it's, it's not about who scores, it's about the team and, you know, giving the ball to the girl in the right position at all times. That's we that's mandatory being, I suppose, talking to the girls about and, and, in fairness, them they've they've kind of come on board because they're they're coming from club football and you know they're probably the main players in their their club and they're coming in here to set up and they're meeting players their own level. So it is a lot about the team and in fairness, all the girls are buying into it. And there was girls there last night that mightn't have scored, but they put in a huge chip for us and you know we recognise that as well. So yeah, um, Ava, Ava did, did very well last night. Got some lovely scores. Yeah, and you mentioned just finally on the squad itself, the Cork squad, Bishopstown, Aaron Zona, Donovan Rosso, Island Rovers, Mornabi, um, Ahada, St. Michael's, um, Douglas, Grenat, Drum Tariff. I mean, there's such a spread of players from all four divisions this year, Kieran. It was a hallmark, I think, of the, it's a long time ago, I know you're coming back to, but the trial process just to make this squad, I keep emphasising it when I talk about Cork ladies football. There's so much interest and there's so much competition just to get on those panels, 14, 16, minor, You've seen it better than I have. Um, but the fact that you've got so many different players from so many different clubs, you have met you and your management team have done a fantastic job in meshing them together, merging them and getting them to an all earn final. I mean, the fact, it doesn't matter where they come from as long as they're good enough, but the fact that there's so many different club players involved, it must give you extra, and, and your management team, extra satisfaction to reach an all earn final on the back of that. Yeah, look, uh, you know, I, we talked about it before the game um, last night and, and all we wanted to do was put in performance and, you know, I said to the girls, don't come off the field with any regrets. And, like, you know, if you think back to the trial process, like, we started with nearly 400 girls for trials um, down to panel at 30. Like, it's it's a mammoth task, but, 
Um, in fairness to them, they've, they've bonded together very well. And, you know, we've had a few, a couple of uh, activity days where we did a bit of team bonding and stuff. And, uh, you know, we've had a few trips as well and buses. And that's all part of the whole journey, I suppose. You know, getting to the Ireland final now is, you know, that's the whole part of the journey. And I suppose we've one more step now and hopefully we, we can um, do the business in Sunday week, you know. Yes, Sunday week. We have a date, Sunday the 16th of July for the Under-16A All-Ireland Final between Cork and Cavan. We don't have a venue at the time of recording, but irrespective of where that game goes ahead, that final goes ahead, Kieran, you know you're facing a very, very talented Cavan team because you saw them beat Mayo in the semi-finals. What impressed you most about the Ulster champions? Uh, look, they're, they're a serious size. Um, I mean, Cavan, uh, lace up on Cavan is, is huge. Um, I know already this year they... They played in the second schools competition and uh, beat Cork very well in the final of that. Um, they've got a very talented team. They're a very strong, physical, powerful team. Um, and, you know, I mean, Mayo, we had seen Mayo play as well and, and Mayo were a top, top team and, you know, Cavan beaten by six points. So, you know, we're under no illusions of what we're facing in Sunday week. You know, it's going to be a mammoth task and a, and a huge battle, you know. Indeed it is, Kieran O'Shea, the Cork LGF Under-16 manager, but you've done fantastically well to you and your management team to guide this really talented team to an All-Ireland final in one of the most competitive age grades, underage or adult, in the LGFA, following that fantastic All-Ireland semi-final victory at a rain-sodden car, care, sorry, uh, over Dublin, 113-35. We will talk to you again, hopefully, just before that All-Ireland final in a couple of weeks' time when you take on Cavan, but on behalf of everybody here at Cork's Red FM's Big Red Bench, congratulations to you and your team on reaching the all-earned final and all the best against Kevin in the decider thanks very much sir we appreciate it thanks again yeah, the very best of luck there tomorrow. All right, the launch of the Co-op Superstores Cork Hurling Championship took place this week. The 2022 championship winners were in attendance. That's St. Finbar's, Father O'Neill's, Inniscarra, Ballygiblin and Dungurney. We had Dylan O'Connell in attendance for us. And first up, he spoke to Billy Hennessy of St. Finbar's. The Bar's captain has been chatting about winning the Sean Oak Murphy Cup for the first time in 29 years as they defeated Blackrock last year. Have you taken a second of the winter to look back and I suppose appreciate what you did last year ending that 29 year wait at Old Talker? Um, we had plenty of reflection a lot of celebration um, to mark the achievement so we went back training in February I suppose and kind of put it to bed in at that stage so yeah we had plenty of reflection over three or four months to celebrate Okay what were the celebrations like then? Uh, it's kind of like a weight off your shoulders you know relief and just great fun really I suppose um, your, your dinner dance and all that and it's just great fun all around yeah but was there a different sense of pressure now around the club because you're the hunter down as opposed to the hunter um, winning the championship does come with its own responsibilities the following year um, as you said we're, we're the hunter now as opposed to the hunter so there's possibly a target on our back and that brings its own challenges um, and we're looking forward to meeting those challenges and trying to overcome them this year yeah uh, one of the biggest I suppose, questions when you look at the, the panel is that you won a Ben O'Connor this season have you had, taken a, had a collective conversation about missing the I suppose, the no Robbie star well that was kind of anticipated from a long way out he's a, a super athlete so there was always a possibility that we'd lose him to, to the rugby uh, so it wasn't a surprise to anyone um, I think we only had Ben for the one season so I don't think obviously losing him is a massive loss but we, we'll adjust fairly quickly I think having only had him for the one season and someone else will go in there and do their role. Like I remember last year as well when you beat Black Rock, there was torrential weather that day and like it was kind of a bit of a fairy tale journey. Like you, you weren't listed as one of the favourites before the season started. As was no you wanted to probably get that second title to kind of like you know shut up any like shut up any critics really. 
I think the, the goal for all the teams out there is to win it at the outset of the year um, and retaining it is harder again than winning it so yeah to answer your question winning it is the, the ultimate goal uh, we wouldn't be looking past the group stage on the first game against Newtown at this stage but I think in the back of all 12 teams mind winning it is the, the goal yeah oh, when you saw the draw may of the group then what were your first thoughts um, challenging group they're all challenging groups there's three groups um, there's nothing given we've Newtown Sars and Cantork so as you said there'll be a target on our back having played Newtown and Sars last year um, so we don't expect to, to get anything easy in that group So you had a good run in the league as well I know you didn't get to the finals but it was still a good run in the league that's definitely a positive platform to build off for a championship There were a lot of um, new players trade out um, a lot of league matches we had nine league matches I think I think we finished third or fourth in the table um, as you said gave up the other fellas different chances when we were missing a few players to, to the different court panels so I think overall we had um, an encouraging league and sets up nicely going into the, the group stage of the championship yeah, that was Bar's captain Billy Hennessy there uh, speaking to Dylan O'Connell and Dylan was also speaking to Father O'Neill's captain Joe Mellerick. Of course, they're the Senior A hurling champions for last year. Uh, they defeated Corsi Rovers in the final. I think it was only a point in it in the end, wasn't there? Uh, so here is Dylan speaking to Joe Mellerick. Primer senior hurling next year, uh, highest level in Cork hurling. How are you feeling? Yeah, sure, excited. Like it's great. We've been trying for years to get up to that grade, so to know we're excited now for the championship in three or four weeks' time and look really knocking down. So yeah, no, it's it's really exciting and look, we're we're, uh, we're going to do our best and see how we get on. It's great, great to be up against the best teams. And when the draw was made earlier in the year, when you saw the group that you're in, what was your first thoughts? Oh, sure, there's no every group is really difficult. Like so, look, we were we were look, we thought it was. A tough draw like you know so look we, we know Charlotte really well they're a really good team so look no it's definitely a very tough draw but look anything can happen on the day so look we just we prepare as best we can like I saw you play a few times in the league and you were very high scoring you beat Douglas Aaron's own like that'll definitely stand team in the championship yeah we had a good league like look the league is there's a few players missing so look it's, it's hard to read too much into the league but look we, we got we are after blooding a few new players and look we're look we, we're um, we got a lot out of the league so we're happy we're happy with performances so far but look we're really just getting ready for the championship now and I suppose you're playing Charlotte as well do you feel like you've a bit of unfinished business over how that game went back in 2020 yeah look the, it was disappointing on the day definitely to lose the county final but look Charleville are an exceptional team they have some really good players like so look we know to be Charleville will take an exceptional performance from us like so look, look we're just treating it as a new game like you know I suppose it's a bit of a novelty for yourselves just I suppose placing your hurling it's a bit of an adventure because you're really kind of riding the crest of a wave uh, at the moment yeah yeah no it is it is really um, like sure look in 2005 the club was junior like so look it's after we're after progressing a lot in the last in recent years so look we're just trying to we're just trying to play at the highest standard we possibly can and just you know give give the best performance we can do ourselves justice at this high grade because we, we put a lot of work to get here and we want to we want to stay here like that's really important like you said there's a testament to the work that's been done because like you know you would be the biggest area you would have the biggest catchment for players essentially yes. where, you're, where you're from and you're playing at the highest level of hurling in Cork yeah look it's it's taken it's taken years of work and really really de- it's not just the players like there's been really really good chairmans really good people on the ground we have a new facility now there's a lot of work going in, into that with a new pitch so it's taken years of dedication from everyone from parents from sponsors from from our board members from everyone to get to this grade like you know so look we're, we're just kind of trying to make the most of it now so there's no pressure on you really just after getting forward it's where you want to enjoy this, this, not to stay but you want to enjoy the season yeah look I, I do 
think there is pressure, like, because look, we, we do want to we do want to do ourselves justice after getting up here. But look, you are right in a way, like that 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 you know we we, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be putting ourselves down with the pressure either, like you know we should we should have a cut off it, like. But uh, no, look, we there there is pressure, but look, we 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 want to just express ourselves on the day of the matches, like you know. Yeah, and we'll have more from that launch of the Co-op Superstores Cork Hurling Championship on tomorrow evening's show. Also on tomorrow evening's show, we're going to hear from handsome Bob Donovan of Cove Ramblers, of course, uh, the famous, uh, the the famous, uh, I suppose, what would we say, contributor to the overlap with uh, Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher and Roy Keane. Uh, so if, I, I'd encourage you to go watch it, by the way, if you haven't seen it, because it is very, very entertaining and uh, the first episode is obviously brilliant showcasing uh, Cove Ramblers and uh, then episode 4 there's a surprise in there as well so we'll hear from the man himself Bob tomorrow evening alright Cork City are back in action this evening the Rebel Army are away to Slug Rovers a win for City would see them move level on points with the bit of red who are in 7th City boss Liam Buckley goes to his former side this evening a side he managed for 4 years Colm got a chance to speak to him at this week's press conference Right Liam I suppose before we um, got the Friday's game with, with top transfer I wouldn't know again and obviously you got the two lads in last week um, Dryden and Keeper Brooks as well uh, good to get them in but are you looking at obviously still trying to get a few more in over the next week or two we are yeah we're working on a lot today uh, so hopefully we'll have something announced on that this afternoon and would that be hopefully correct so, yeah. Yeah. okay uh, and would he be here for Friday uh, please go, Jeff. That's the target, yeah. All right, and is, is is there kind of how many are you looking at getting eventually, or is it, or is that a moving kind of question? Maybe four or five. Uh, yeah, maybe four or five, something like that. Uh, is that four or five including the two lads signed already? Or no, no, no. That would be including. Uh, sorry, including the two, yeah. five in total. Yeah, yeah okay. it would be a max. Um, yeah. It's just that we, we've lost a few through injury, uh, like Dara Eaton, um, Wimbo. Uh, that's three off the top of my head here. Um, it's unfortunate we're out for the season, so it's important that we do get in these three, four, five players. And I suppose there's a question mark over Matt Healy still as well. Um, there was news yeah. during the week that he's gone on trial somewhere. So, what's the situation with him here? Is, is it very much dependent on what what he might do elsewhere, or are you guys in touch with him the, the whole time? I, I'm in touch with him the whole time. So we're, we're just waiting on him to come back and tell me what he feels. I, th- I think there's part of me tells me he wants to stay with Cork. Um, I think he enjoyed his time here. Um, I've noted the age it might be pushing something else I don't know uh, but there's one or two other options that he has so uh, we're just not sure what, which one he's going to take if he wants to come back here open arms great back in maybe push on with the rest of the season if not we'll just get a replacement and I suppose ideally the sooner that's sorted the better because the more games he's missing for yeah correct he's already missed uh, last week's game so um, if he was to stay uh, I'd let like him know in the next few days to be honest you got a good point last week up in St. Pat's and it's a, it's a big game this weekend now against Sligo because they're one of the teams down around the same area yourselves, Strana, Sligo all down around there battling out for points so it's a big game in terms of that isn't it? Yes it is uh, but as I said before they're all big games uh, when we play Shamrock Rovers it'd be great if you could pick up three points which we did by the way recently uh, when we play Bowls or we play Pats or any of the top teams or any team for that matter 
um, if you can pick up points and we have picked up our fair share of points against uh, a lot of them so we need to dig in for every game <clears throat> we won't just be picking the, the teams that are around us as must win games we'll try and win every game um, so uh, hopefully we'll get enough points there to get ourselves out of trouble and you can see that in the league like teams down there are picking up points like, like Drogheda did last yeah. week like you did yourselves against St. Pat's last week so it's almost like when when Cork City get a point or three points the draw to do the same so it's kind of tough for either team to pull away isn't it? Yeah, correct yeah um, it is it's, it's, it is that rough and there's not a lot between a lot of the teams uh, so uh, and we're in the mix we're in the mix you know so hopefully as I say I, I do see improvement and if we can get in uh, two or three players that can affect things that'd be great yeah I think Jimmy's okay um, he got a bang in the jaw um, so that's not too bad and uh, Tiernan just his instep uh, he just strained it but I don't see that being a major injury bearing in mind we're getting a scan today <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're hoping that's not going to be a major injury so hopefully he'll be okay as well for Friday we're going to have to show that right through to the end of the season you know and, and it's every game cup games league games we have to dig in and fight and scrap uh, you know it's important every point I don't know how the league table look at the end of the season but the more points we can pick up the better chance we have of being avoiding that uh, bottom two slots uh, but in fairness to the lads I thought they did well the other night from a scrapping and fighting point of view from a general play point of view we need to try and get that better as best we can and we're working on that continuously with the staff Really, we need a team to play well. If your forwards are going to get chances, the team has to play some way well. We've got to sort of rely on ways of getting chances for your forwards. Having been a forward, if you don't get chances, you don't score nothing. So we need to be able to be creative with our play and we need to be able to trust ourselves in, in, in the passionate play we're trying to design around the group that we have. Uh, so we, we have to get that better. If we get that better, our front two play better, our midfield plays better and our defence way better so we just need to get the whole group in relation to what we're trying to do better which we're working on say yeah, that was Liam Buckley ahead of Cork City versus Sligo Rovers this evening at 7.45 in the showgrounds. It's Dublin 10 points, Monaghan 8 after 44 minutes of play in the All-Ireland Senior Football Semi-Final at Croke Park. All right, after the break, we're going to hear from Mosfin and we're going to look quickly ahead to uh, Kerry versus Derry as well uh, with a chance to get a quick word from Jack O'Connor during the week. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. With Sure, 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, you're very welcome back to the big red bench with Sure 72-hour non-stop protection here in Cork's Red FM. It's Aiden Lee with you until 7 o'clock. Dublin just had a massive goal chance and it actually went wide in the end. I thought it went over the bar, but it's still Dublin 10, Monaghan 9 after 47 minutes. So it's uh, nervy up there in the weather, maybe playing a part of that as well. Monaghan are able to keep tabs on Dublin for the time being. All right, uh, not to be last night, unfortunately, for Ireland against France in the Under-20 World Championship final in South Africa. I spoke to Moss Finn uh, earlier on today and uh, we also had the breaking news while we were talking about uh, the the green light from the GA for the use of Parky Cueve for the Clash of Champions Crusaders coming over to face Munster in February. 
All right, Moss Finn is on the line to look back at what was probably a disappointment in the end last night, the Under-20 World Championship final between Ireland and France. France winning out comprehensively, 50 points to 14. Um, Moss, I suppose overall, the final probably won't be what's remembered out of this. Um, Hopefully, it'll be in five years' time, we'll be looking back at at some of these guys making their senior debuts and and this tournament having been a big uh, moment in their career and their young career especially. Absolutely. It was um, a disappointing result at the end of the day. Uh, We didn't deserve to be beaten by 50 points to 14, even though I felt that France were probably the better team. And overall, looking back over the entire tournament, you would say that France were the best team and we were the second best team. So perhaps justice was done. In terms of looking forward, and fellas will look look back at it and see as a a launching pad for their careers, that would certainly be a positive and that would be a great thing to take from it. Plus the silver medal, which was also a great achievement. But when you look back at the class of 16 and the wonderful players that came out of that, like Porter and James Ryan in the pack, Hugo Keenan and Jimmy O'Brien in the backs, then you would be hopeful that if, even if we got four or five great players out of these 20s, that would would augur well for the future. And uh, on that regard, I would probably see Rua Quinn there and Brian Gleeson, the two monster lads, and, and, and Sam Prendergast as possibly the standouts who would have the greatest chance. But that doesn't always manifest. And when you're 20 years of age, life also gets in the way. So there's a, a lot of imponderables. Absolutely. And on the game itself, Ireland started quite well, didn't they? And it was just a case of maybe holding back the tide from France and obviously the sin bin then just before half time. It was probably maybe the, the straw that, that broke the camel's back in many ways. Fair comment because for the we started brilliantly a very opportunistic try there by Don the scrum half and the we but it appeared to me anyway that we we were starting to lose all the collisions and when you start losing the commission the the collisions in rugby football you, you you're not on the forward foot and it's very hard to play off the back foot then whereas France were that little bit more powerful you know there's two Elijah there was a huge man carrying the ball but. They also played with great energy and they weren't just a one-trick pony like La Rochelle. They weren't just brute, 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 bruising and, and battering. They were able to, their passing, some of their passing was sublime, you know. So I, I, they were, we were really just holding the tide with that awesome power that was coming at us continually. And we were very resilient, but the minute we went down to 14 men, it was, it was a very serious situation given the fact that McCarthy was one of our enforcers as well and when you lose one of your enforcers against a team that you're also that you're al- already struggling against physically, that was the, the the straw that broke the camel's back. As well, France kind of played the year a bit differently to Ireland. Obviously, Ireland went and they would they won their Grand Slam and and aimed to bring that momentum all the way through to the tournament, and they did that. Of course, France, I suppose, took maybe a slightly different view at the start of the year and maybe hit their peak at this time of the year and brought in more players as well. I think Tuilagi came in for this tournament and didn't play in the Six Nations so they came in with a, with a stronger squad and players as well who were playing top 14 rugby in the latter part of the year That's it and that's that's a different level I mean that is, is a different level and to be fair to them they unearthed talent they brought in more talent and the talent was even better and also two of the team that played in the Six Nations for France have gone to their senior squadron and are preparing for the World Cup like so they're 
their attitude to it is obviously with more mobility and, and players coming through and using it as a launching pad whereas we kept with with the, with the same group and you know strangely enough you wouldn't see any of that particular 21 that we had out on the pitch yesterday um, being good enough to play in the World Cup at this stage we'll try and see it differently and they're also probably a different genetic and some of the you know some of the French guys are bigger at a younger age and all that so maybe it's it's a different dynamic but certainly whatever they unearthed since the Six Nations having lost two players to the senior team the fellas they brought in were absolutely fantastic players and the power of that Tuolagi and his ability to actually offload the ball and the tackle for such a huge man was incredible their, their, their scrum half was fantastic and they had the, the fair haired lad in the centre Cortes as well there their passing in, in, in broken play and their ability to beat men from standing starts was was quite remarkable. And like I say, I think we did well. We didn't deserve to be beaten 50-14, but France were a different class, particularly with ball in hand. And what I was also impressed with, Aidan, was the fact that like the way rugby is going, if we're going to keep watching all these big fellas winning matches, it's going to get very boring. But this French team had a little bit of the old panache where they could run the ball wide as well and there were times and we perhaps missed a few tackles but their passing and, and, and support play off the ball and unloading in the tackle was a la New Zealand yeah yeah speed as much as power which is uh, what, what you want to see yeah. on the pitch isn't it um, yeah it is refreshing to see yeah, like it's probably good timing for a lot of these players. Now you have a lot of players going to the World Cup, obviously mainly from Munster and Leinster. It gives these guys a chance now, when the uh, when the URC starts, to get into the, the yeah. provincial sides uh, and to build on this success that they've had during the summer. And, and they'll they'll be put on the market now, and obviously. The, the head coaches of the provinces will be earmarking them as the replacements for the guys that are in the Ireland camp at the moment. Indeed, and, and it, that's a very good point. And the, the the most important thing about that is, is there enough teams in Ireland for them? Like, will they get enough game time? Yeah, you know, we, we've been struggling to get fellas game time. Like even Jack Crowley there now is probably a bit undercooked for the World Cup. He hasn't played enough times for Munster. Laterally, he has, but like from September to Christmas, he hadn't. Because you had Ben Healy and and um, the the other ten from Leinster, I can't think of his name just off the top of my head. But the yeah, like, will there be space? Will there be space for them? You know that that's that's the big thing. Have we enough teams to give them game time? Which is very important. They need matches, and like it's like you see him and Sam Prendergast there. You know he, you know you have you have the two Burns in Leinster. Well, Sexton is retiring. Like you, you wonder will Prendergast get enough game time? Yeah. to come through in Ireland you know, and, and that is the big worry because the provinces will have to play these guys otherwise they'll be on the scrap heap and they might you know they go to England or France and we might never see them again so it is very important that the URC that these guys get game time at that level and then you'll see them come to fruition or not just uh, before I let you go there's two more things I want to touch on um, obviously uh, Ireland's still in preparation for the World Cup the Rugby Championship is on at the moment um, are you uh, worried by maybe a, a bit of a resurgence there by New Zealand and South Africa they look to be hitting a bit of form there in the Rugby Championship they do in their, their vicious matches you know um, I wouldn't be that afraid of South Africa strangely enough I think you know they're there's a touch of the one-trick pony in South Africa. It is New Zealand I would certainly be more fearful of. And, you know, they've gone down the ranking in the World Cup and they, um, like, they're 
that doesn't suit them not being number one in the world and like that they're playing a lot of new players we on the other hand then are at the other end of the spectrum we're kind of we're playing with a very much same old same old panel now Farrell knows what he's doing and who would I be to doubt him and I think he's a wonderful man and a wonderful coach but I would be more fearful of New Zealand than anyone yeah, and maybe even a little fearful of Australia because this guy Jones is a clever clogs like he's he's brought teams to three World Cup finals and he's he's no fool either and there's no talk about them and they're building us up as being number one and they love the favourite tags for us and sometimes we don't live up to the favourites tag it doesn't suit us yeah, and I think as well they'll probably use this this under twenties tournament uh, as probably a, a stick to almost beat the Northern Hemisphere with the fact yeah. that they're saying that the Northern Hemisphere are on top here now. They're they're the they're the superpower in world rugby. Look what they did to the under twenties. Yeah, but you know they, they could very well turn that'll up. be great motivation for them. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, that'll um, be great motivation for them. And it, it's just I mean I prefer to see New Zealand win the World Cup than France. Strange, you know, I'm like that, but. Um, because they play such a wonderful type of rugby, but um, you know you never know. Farrell is clever, and like I, I just hope that Sexton doesn't get beaten with a stick before before he's able to play as well. That's a very important issue for us as well because I don't think we function properly without Sexton because Ross Bourne is too much of a steady Eddie. He's okay as a steady Eddie, and Jack Crowley is a little bit undercooked. So small things like yeah. that, and uh, another type of thing which irritated me. And I'd be slightly worried about was when the South Africans were beaten the URC final, they started um, talking about the fact that Mon- that Munster were rocking incorrectly and that Ireland rock incorrectly the same way. This thing where we're holding the ball in one hand and when we go to ground we're crabbing with the hand. And the South Africans are sticking this into the mind of referees, which is yeah. sort of subtle. And you could find we could be freed up on that in the World Cup. And I don't like that type of attitude, you know, but. That'll tell you how much they'd use anything to beat us, you know? Yeah, Rise Erasmus is very clever in that regard, isn't he? Um, and also then, just on the Johnny Sexton thing, you just brushed on it. The only positive is that it's... it's uh, Is it Fiji and Romania up first? So if he does get a suspension, maybe those two games might be... Might will be played, let's say, first. So he, he, he might be back. And, and we should, we should, we should, we should manage them without Sexton, absolutely. Yeah. Because well, if he does get a suspension, it will be manifested in game time. That has to be the case. Yeah. So, as you say, we should we will be able to handle those teams without Sexton. So the, hopefully that will be the case, and hopefully he doesn't get any suspension. But you don't know because it was an incident with the referee, even though he wasn't playing. But at yeah. the same time, ref, referees are sacrosanct. Just to finish up then, good news story breaking today that uh, Parky Cueve will be allowed to host the Clash of Champions, Munster versus the Crusaders, uh, next February. Uh, another big boost for, for Cork Rugby off the back of a fantastic occasion there against South Africa in 2022. I heard it was mooted. I didn't realise it was gone through. I'm absolutely thrilled with that. And there's great credit due to the authorities running, r- running Cork GA to bring that to the pitch because... I, I was at the South African game last year and I was at Cork and Kerry this year actually in the football as well and it, it's a fantastic stadium and, and it's a shame to have it redundant for such long periods Yeah, and you know the access the last time the couple of points there the grub there it's a wonderful facility and it's fantastic that it's been opened up to Cork and you know going through the history of rugby like the Crusaders are probably with the Auckland Blues long ago you could say they're probably the best provincial team in the world like and they'll be a fantastic attraction because they'll come and they'll come with their first team and they'll come to win whereas 
like South Africa was South Africa the last time, which was probably their third team. So Crusaders and Munster will be a titanic struggle in a wonderful pitch. And I can guarantee you one thing, the people of Cork are hungry for this. They're hungry for rugby in this city. And it is fantastic that the authorities have amalgamated to bring such wonderful matches to our shore in Cork. Absolutely. Excellent note to leave it on. Moss Finn, thanks a minute for joining us on The Bigger Bench. You're very welcome, Aidan. Yeah, well said by Moss there at the end on the prospect of Munster versus Crusaders at Parky Cueve. All right, Dublin have just snuck back into the lead with 60 minutes gone. It's Dublin 13, Monaghan 12. Conor, Mac- Conor McManus, lads, is giving an absolute exhibition for Monaghan. Uh, obviously, it's Kerry versus Derry tomorrow. Let's hear quickly before we go from the Kerry manager, Jack O'Connor. Uh, approach you, you know, in a very serious way in the sense that we, we're expecting a huge battle here because um, all the evidence would point to the fact that that Derry are better than Tyrone. You know, they've they've proved that by winning also the last couple of years. They've also beaten Tyrone pretty comprehensively the last two times they met them. So I think they're, they're, they're on another level to Tyrone and um, therefore we're expecting a, a huge battle. And uh, regardless of what people are talking about, um, our eyes are, 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 are fully on Derry uh, the next time. There is no great history, I suppose, to say in the championship in particular between yourselves, a senior level between yourselves and Derry. Uh, none in your time, I'd say, no? Uh, we played them in the in the All Ireland. Was it quarter final or semi final in 04? Yeah. Was that semi final? Yeah. yeah. Semi final, yeah. yeah. Remember they had a big ginger haired midfielder. Uh, what was that for his Doherty. name? Fergal Doherty, a good, yeah. good footballer, very good footballer. Another fellow called Patsy Bradley. Uh, Patsy Bradley was midfield. They had in the Muldoon, those kind of fellas. Muldoon is a selector now there, isn't it? We yeah, we played him in, in, in that semi final in 04. You know, it was a tight enough game for, 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 for long spells. I remember Muldoon got a goal in that in that game. Uh, so yeah, that's the last time I, I suppose we played them in championship, was it? In my in my own time with the minors in fifteen we came across Derry in a, in an All Ireland semi final as well. Uh, Connor Glass and um, and and, and Shane McGregor were playing. And even at that stage Glass was standing out as a potentially a huge player for the future and that's the way it turned out. I think he was he was getting Aussie Rose trials at the time. Yeah, but look that's that's minor, I mean. Shane McGuigan now has, has, has turned out to be a huge player, um, senior player as well. And that How would you describe the way they play? How would you describe it? <laughs> <laughs> With the greatest respect, I don't think anyone cares how I describe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they play to get the, 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 the like every like every set of coaches set out to get the maximum out of the, the players they have. And... Um, and Derry are no different. Uh, sure, it's not everybody's. I suppose it's, I don't know. Look, every county has a different style, you know. But it's not for me really to be saying, uh, you know, to be to be making any any comments on the way they play. To be honest with you, that's that's for other outside observers. It doesn't even come into it. I mean, this 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 game is all about winning, and the way you play is 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 irrelevant. Maybe. You know, that's for other people to decide. But as regards the cold, hard facts of coaching, are you try to get the maximum out of the bunch of players you have. 
that's that's as much as I'd say about it. Well. I wasn't actually to critique it more the way they operate. What problems would that? Well, they're obviously very, very tough not to crank. They're, they're, they're extremely rigid and systematic defensively, and um, they're, they've proved to be a very, very hard team to break down. I mean, that's proved with Cork. What did Cork score? 1-8. One? 1-8. One eight. One and we found Cork to be a very good athletic team who, who, who had a lot of firepower. And... Um, Yet they 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 restricted them to one eight, and uh, you know restricted them to a lot of pressurised shots. So we are going to have to be very, very good with the ball, very smart with the ball, very efficient with it, and um, and then just be good defensively, you know, on the counter attack because you know teams are set up defensively. They're, they're, they they can be very good in the counter-attack and, and Derry have improved offensively this year in the fact that they're committing a lot of bodies forward and um, they're going to be a really difficult team to break down. I just think Derry are a different team this year, you know? I mean, first of all, they, 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 they've, they've changed Brendan Rodgers from full-back out to midfield. I think he's got a new lease of life there. I think it's his more natural position. They've discovered a new young full-back in... in, in um, from the 20s uh, that they have high hopes for so I think that alone has, has, has been a, a big change um, they are definitely committing a lot of men forward in attack because uh, you know they probably would have realised maybe that they needed to they needed to be more of an offensive threat and they certainly are this year so um, just a very efficient team both defensively and offensively it's all it's uh, are they a more unconventional team to what you would face in Division 1 of the league? And probably, again, in this chapter between kind of Mayo, you kind of know what you get, Cork, sort of, and Cork, and um, even Tyrone. You know, well, they, 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 all def- they all defend together and they all attack together, including the goalkeeper, so... I suppose that is that is that is unique enough in the in 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 in, in, in today's football. Um, but like they are very very systematic in the way they defend and and they're very hard to break down. And in a, in a two week period or probably three sessions or whatever it is you have, is that hard to plan for? Well. I found this year that a lot of the football, a lot of the teams we came up against in the league were very, were very defensive. I think that that you know a lot of teams are getting a huge amount of men behind the ball. Even here against Armagh, Armagh were getting a huge amount of bodies back. So it's not like it's not like you know that it's last week we discovered that we're going to be up against a defensive team. I think a lot of the teams in Division One uh, were getting a lot of men behind the ball. So it's something that we've had to deal with and that we've been working on for uh, for a good part of this year, yeah. The state of football, Jack, you were always a man who, you know, long ball into the corner forwards, the lads flicking around, comfortable on the ball, 15 against 15, and now we're coming up against this thing, and people are just switching us off, they're changing to cricket rather than watch daily football. It is more fair compared to the hurling, Jack. You must have some views on that. Uh, look, sure, of course, it's probably this defensive football is not for the purest, but, but look, when you're stuck in the middle of it, Mort, it's, this, this is all about winning. Like, you know, we might, we might all have 
comments or opinions on it, you know, in during the winter when, when when you switch off a bit. But when you're stuck inside in the middle of it, it's it is all about winning. It's about getting over the line. You're not worried about what the boys are up in the stand or whether they're tuned in or tuned out. And um I've been involved in plenty of classics down through the years. You know. But they they pale into insignificance if you don't get over the line, you know? Like, like the 05 final, one of the great finals, lost narrowly, the 11 final, uh, lost by a point, more or less the last kick of the game. So you can have all the classics you want, but from a coaching and a you know, management point of view, from the group inside, it is about getting over the line. It is, And whatever way you do that doesn't overly bother you, to be honest with you. Tell us a brief thing about uh, Adrian Spillane, Jack. He might go under the radar to, to certain people outside the, the county and outside the squad itself. But his influence was huge, especially in that first 20 minutes against Caron. Probably a player more appreciated by his own teammates and the management than he is by somebody outside people watching on. Hi, yeah, absolutely. John, yeah, and uh, you know, he's, he's worked great in his attitude. It's never questioned and the fact that he kicked you know that he that he, he he threatened the scoreboard the last day as well was 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 great uh, because sometimes maybe the opposition can drop off a player like that and say well he's that's his role you know to to, to be a worker and, and maybe he's not a big scoring threat so if you can do a bit of both it's even better and he just gives great balance to our to our half hour line and uh, you know he loves the grind and he loves working for the for the team and sacrificing himself so very valuable very valuable player for us. Obviously, Jack, lots of teams now that put a, a fierce emphasis on curtailing David Clifford's performance to some degree. How encouraging was it against Tyrone that a lot of the other players step up to the plate? Yeah, well, the good thing about David, even a, a day when he's not shooting the lights out himself, he's, he contributes and he's a really good team player and he's got great vision. Uh, and, I mean, if he was just merely a scorer, then a day that he's held it might affect the others, but he really brings others into the game he, he takes a lot of attention away from others and he's as I said to you he's he's a great man to see a pass and and and, uh, and feed others for us through so we think he even if he's not uh, shooting the lights out as they say he can really contribute to the team Just on the forwards with our like a lot of times when you forwards license their own they could probably lose their discipline do you like having certain areas of the field like do you some, some managers always want somebody at 14 no matter who it is let's say if, if forwards are rotating and especially when you're trying to create holes in, in a tight defence do you like having guys at certain positions you know, when people are giving you licence to roam around it's not like the days of, of Dr. Eamon or Sullivan, who said that the fellas had to kind of keep to their own position. Those days are well gone, but what's happening nowadays is, is a lot of players, a lot of times you'll find defenders in positions where forwards should be and vice versa. So there is a lot of rotation, but you like to you like to keep a bit of presence, uh, in, you know, in, 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 in your forward line because defenders love... The further out the field you go, the, the, the better defenders like it. So uh, you like to keep a presence up there, but but the way football has gone, it, it, it isn't necessarily the fellas who should be in that position. That's the only answer that. All right, uh, we're running out of time here. It's into injury time in Croke Park. There's four minutes of additional time left. It's Dublin 17, Monaghan 13. So it looks like Dublin are going to be booking their place in the All-Ireland football final for Sunday week. 
and uh, I hope that Kerry will be joining them at Kids Derry tomorrow um, it'll be interesting to know what way the county of Cork are feeling on that one uh, whether they'd rather see their conquerors go forward or whether they'd like to see uh, Kerry get into the final but uh, yeah I think you know what side uh, my bread is butter on at this stage uh, that is it like I said plenty on tomorrow evening as well reaction to Cork City's game against Sligo Rovers Handsome Bob Donovan is going to be on the show as well so you have to tune in for that we're also going to tell you about a fantastic fundraiser for Marymount it's a Premier League Legends game at Mosgrave Park that's taking place tomorrow week uh, so tune in for all of that and more and of course a bit of reaction to Kerry versus Derry as well Stevie G is on the way next Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM with Sure 72-hour non-stop protection, tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down.